listener. Hi, and welcome back to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's Editorial Director, Katja Vuchtel, and also the host of this 10-minute guide to Melbourne. Today, we are heading to a newish warehouse bar in Paran. We'll also be talking about a hit Aussie play that's showing in Melbourne now before it heads to Broadway. First up, let's head to Malvern, where we're going to be talking about Blitz Bar, which is Melbourne's first self-serve acai bar that we know of. Yep. We're pretty sure it's the first. Yep. Uh, and here to talk about it is an acai super fan, broadsheet writer Luxley Parton. Welcome back, Lux. Thank you. So I'm going to begin by being very, very open and transparent that I don't see the big deal about acai. I think it's too sweet. There's a million things I'd go for ahead of time, but you love the stuff. Yeah. So why is this place pretty exciting for those who do love it? I think the self-serve nature of it is the major sell because it's so much fun for me like to do it yourself and make your own bowl. But also it's the first in Melbourne. It's something new and you can be so fussy and picky with your toppings. Right, because usually you'd be ordering it at a cafe or yep. a takeaway spot and they would determine how much fruit goes on, how much peanut butter in your case. You're yes. a bit of a peanut butter <laughs> fan. Okay, so who started the business? So it's by three young boys. They're all in their early 20s. They grew up together playing sport. They literally had a group chat called Business Ideas on Facebook and they would just throw around ideas. And one day this came up and they're like, right, let's do it. And what they've done with it is awesome. It's new, something different, and yeah, it's really special. Okay, so the process is obviously the same as one of those frozen yogurt spots. You walk in, you grab your tub and off you go. You grab your tub, you go nuts, you put as much acai as you like and then you have all the toppings to play with. So there's lots of seasonal fruit, there's granola, chia seeds, all of that. And then Nutella, if that's your thing. Or for me, peanut butter, which I will be drenching my bowl in. My ratio is literally 50-50 acai peanut butter. You did say in the story that you are thrilled about the fact that no one can judge the ratios because you're doing it yourself. Exactly. And they make their peanut butter in-house, which is really cool. There's about 20 toppings. Is that 20 right? toppings. 20 yeah. toppings. So it's, it can be overwhelming, but it's great because you can be picky and fussy and pick exactly what you want. And is it just acai bowls? Not just acai bowls. So you can go there as a non-acai fan. Um, they also have like a build-your-own smoothie bar. So you can choose from different fruits and leaves and superfoods and do it that way. Or they have a house menu as well or coffee and all of that as well. Food? Food, yes. They have a little grab-and-go fridge with salads and superfood tonics and all of that jazz. Okay, cool. I think you've convinced me. Please. If not, I'll definitely (laughs) head in for a smoothie. Thanks for stopping by, Locks. Thank you. We're skipping over a few suburbs now, but we're sticking in the southeast. Galaba opened in 2017 in an old panel beaters facility in Paran, and it was an immediate hit with locals. It's a beautiful warehouse space velvet couches you could sink into for the night, drinks that were focused on Aussie ingredients. But Galar is no more. But thankfully, a neighbour has stepped in. So we're still going to have another drinking spot in the southeast. Nick Connellan, our publications director, is here to chat with us about it. Yeah. So Nick Coulter, who uh, is one of the partners at Neptune Food and Wine and Firebird across the road, has stepped up and he's going to take it over. That's great. So do we have a name yet? Young Hearts. I'm not going to sing. But obviously, right now, I'm thinking of Rod Stewart or Candy Stanton. Do we know the reason that it's called Young Hearts? We, we don't yet, but I'd have to assume it's one of those. And then I think also the concept ties into the idea of kind of young blood and vitality. And Okay. Well, let's talk about the concept then. What can we expect at Young Hearts? We're not going to change Galar radically. It's still going to be a place for drinking and having a good time and pretty relaxed. But then Nick's also adding this element of music and art and I guess culture. Yeah. Chefs are going to be coming in on six-month residencies. So we'll have a new 
kitchen concept every six months, which right. is really cool and exciting. And then there'll be art exhibitions on the walls and a DJ and then a movable in the round style stage. Right. Okay. Do we know anything about the food residencies? And of course, this is a bar. So I'm assuming this is going to be, you know, bar style snacks as opposed to any full blown menu dishes. We, we don't know a lot about it yet, but I think that the one thing we can say is that, you know, Nick's been part of Melbourne hospitality for a long time and there was talk of interstate as well. So it's kind of one of those things where someone who's between jobs in Sydney or Tassie or really anywhere might just go, hey, I'll come over and do a six-month residency. So it could be, we could get some names that we don't even have in Melbourne usually. And I feel like that's happened a lot um, in the last couple of years is we've seen really big names pop up at very high quality kind of suburban or regional spots around the country. It's a good little precinct there now. Obviously, Neptune uh, by Nick is just a constantly packed wine bar with really yummy food and a really good array of drinks. And then over the road, you've got Firebird. Yeah, and they recently got a new chef there. They've always had really good chefs there, but they've got this guy, Nabil Ansari, who was at um, Sunda, and then also had his own lockdown food delivery service. Oh, I remember that beautiful uh, Indian food. Yeah, yeah, that butter chicken. So good. So, yeah, he's taken over the kitchen at Firebird and he's he's still doing that beautiful orange duck. Yeah. But um, he's just tweaked the process a bit. God, he's good. So, Young Hearts, when's it opening? Next month, April. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, I guess we will update everyone when we get photos and details of the new space and, of course, the official opening date. But thanks for coming in to talk about it. Thank you. A quick note before we get into this segment. We're going to be talking about some sensitive topics, including sexual assault. So please take care while listening. One of the things I've absolutely loved coming out of the lockdowns is just seeing how full Melbourne's theatres are. And there's a real electricity around the Art Centre and the MTC. And there's been a couple of shows in recent times that have been the kind of performances that everyone's talking about, even if you don't go to the theatre very often. One of them, of course, last year was The Picture of Dorian Gray, an absolute sellout. You couldn't get tickets. And this year we have another one-woman show, and After Melbourne is actually heading to Broadway to make its debut. To talk about the play with me here today is a broadsheet contributor, Bianca O'Neill. Welcome, Bianca. Thanks for having me. And how exciting that these two are both women-led plays. There's so much to talk about. This one is called Primer Fashi. We've been talking about how to pronounce it. It's a legal term. We're not lawyers, so unfortunately (laughs) we've been discussing. I I did have a quick chat with a former judge and lawyer about the play and how it really touched me. And uh, he did correct me. He said, primer facie. It first premiered in Sydney in 2019. So tell us a little bit about where it's gone since then. After the premiere with Sheridan Harbridge, who also is in the Melbourne version as well, she's returned to take up the mantle again. It went to the West End and it was with Jodie Comer. In London. In London, yes. And um, And for those who don't know, Jodie Comer is obviously the star of Killing Eve. Yes. Just love Jodie. So Susie Miller is the playwright and actually a Melbourne-born playwright who's behind this play. Now, the plot, it deals with sexual assault. So let's talk a little bit about the storyline. So the storyline, and and this isn't um, any spoilers (laughs) because it's kind of the basis of the whole play, it kind of opens with... um, her brazen approach to uh, being a very successful defence lawyer who never loses a case. And so she kind of comes into it with, I guess, a bit of background knowledge about what it takes to actually successfully defend a sexual assault case. And you kind of get this perspective from the legal side, the inside view of how they approach cases and 
it's not really based on the merit, you know. It's not about whether it's true or not true. It's about whether it's defendable. And then something happens to this lawyer. So she is in a work context and she experiences sexual assault. And then she goes on to decide that she's going to pursue the case, even though she knows deep down it's probably unwinnable. Right. It's a one-woman show. They're very intense monologues. There's no break. They go for 100 minutes. Clearly the performances have been outstanding to keep people wrapped and then add to that the subject matter, which has clearly resonated with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, if you can't get to it because the tickets are like sold out. They've been sold out since opening night, quite frankly. Yeah. Before opening night, I quickly nabbed like the last two tickets on the first like preview night for my parents so that they could go and see it. But they've been sold out for weeks, unfortunately. You can go online and see Jodie Comer's version. I must say there's a bit of a difference between watching it online and being in the audience because based on the stats that we know, you know, 23% of women, 8% of men experiencing sexual assault, so many people in this audience are likely to have experienced this themselves. And so that weight from the audience around you, it's just palpable. And I really hope they extend it or they come back because it's a play that people really need to watch. Yeah, I really hope if it doesn't get extended that it comes back again. As I said, it's, it's really rare for a performance to be talked about everywhere again, by people who don't go and see a lot of theatre. And it's great that it's about a topic as well that we all need to be thinking about and talking about more. Thanks so much for coming in to talk to us about it. I think there'll be a lot of people who, if they can't get tickets, and I really hope you guys can, um, (laughs) can at least go and maybe watch the the recording and then we'll all have our fingers crossed for it to come back again. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for having me. That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore mel. I'll be back again on Wednesday, same time, same place. Chat then. A listener production.